Welcome to the fucking Hamstick Podcast. We eventually get around to reading Homestuck and um, telling you about it. I super made a ton of noise on my keyboard just now, didn't I? No, not oh, much. Really? Okay. There's a bunch of um, peanut butter wedged in between. Hang on a second. I gotta get this. Damn it. What, the phone or the peanut butter? What the... Hang on. There's peanut butter in my keyboard. Well, don't solve that now. I have to. There's there's peanut butter in my keyboard. It's like staring at me. That All was a I'm before problem. For the next, like, hour is staring at my keyboard, and I'm gonna die if I can't remove the pe- Because you know how, like, when peanut butter gets into place, then it smells like peanut butter? It's rough Hang and on. coarse, and it gets everywhere. Oh my god. <laughs> Did you pick up on that meme from Star Wars Twitter recently, too? Or is that, like, it's- old? I mean, it's pretty old. It's from, like, 2002. Well, sure, I know the joke is old, but, like, the meme, is it old? What's the meme? The meme is that sand is, like, coarse and rough and irritating, and it gets everywhere. I mean, I've read a fan theory recently that the reason, like, Vader never went onto Tatooine because it was sandy. Are you fucking kidding me? You'll have to be more specific. On a scale from 1 to Jar Jar Banks was supposed to be the Sith Lord? Um, oh, no, it's, it's totally just, like, ad hoc, like, uh, that would explain this, not, like, that was the intention. Yeah. Alright, I got the peanut butter out. Thank you for bearing with me. That was really, it was really bad. You know when you get, like, peanut butter, like, stuck in, like, your cuticle, and then you smell your hand in passing, like, three hours later, like, your hand goes by your face, and you're like... Hmm. How do you eat peanut butter? With a spoon? Or off How's a sandwich? It, how did it get in your cuticle? It just, it's like the tiniest little bit, like, you can't even really see it. You wouldn't know it was there until hours later you realize your hand still f- smells like fucking peanut butter. I just wash my hands a lot after every meal. Oh, I don't. Well, there you go. You're so civilized. I'm sorry I'm repulsive. No, it's okay. I low-key have had a hand-washing impulse compulsion, whatever, uh-huh. whichever one it is, since I was a child. Mm-hmm. You know, like a minor one. Mm-hmm. Like me and my door locking. Oh, it's yeah. not a problem, but it's definitely a compulsion. Sure. Yeah. I've discovered hand washing recently. I like if my skin weren't so chronically dry, I'd be more into it. But like, it feels that's a really so good. concerning. That's a concerning statement. What? I've re- discovered <laughs> hand washing recently. That like that chills me to my core. <laughs> no, I mean not. Okay, so like discovered it with fresh eyes. Like I always like would wash my hands like after you go to the bathroom and like before you're gonna eat and like before you cook anything, but. Like, more recently, I've started, like, washing my hands. Or, you know, after you take out the garbage. But, like, more recently, like, I'll wash my hands, like, when I get back from work. Or if I've yeah. just been to the grocery store. I'll, like, wash my hands. And, like... Yeah, you wash your hands when you enter the house. They feel so clean. You don't tra- Do you, like, wear shoes around the house? I mean, if I'm in a hurry. God, you Americans. <laughs> Is that a Canadian thing that you take your shoes off in the house? Yeah, 100%. I guess it, it makes sense, because you're tracking fucking ice in 
eight months out of the year, so. Yeah, but we do it in the summer, too, because, like, Cause of course we do. Because you're in the habit. Because we're civilized. Oh, my God. You don't, like, like, outside is dirt. Why would you have that in the living room? That's what your vacuum's for. Well, then we have to vacuum, like, three times as infrequently as you. Or I just let my floor get really repulsive. It's basically once I start, like, once I can't stand how dirty my own feet get walking around my house, it takes, like, a week of being, like, stepping in dirt in my kitchen and being like, fuck, before I, like, will vacuum. I'm a busy lady. I can't handle this. (laughs) Let's talk about Homestuck. Welcome to the Hamsteak Podcast. It's the podcast where we read Homestuck and tell you about it. My name's Alex, and I haven't read Homestuck before. My name's Lydia, and I super have. And this week, we are talking about pages... Ooh, I didn't look Ooh. up ahead of time. 5140. Mm. Through 5220. I there knew the go. second one. It is 5220, right? Yep. Nice. Okay. Just scroll down to the bottom and saw that oh. as you said it. Noice. Nice. Oh, Where's hello, Phoebe. Hi. Oh, don't be clicking on my keyboard, please. Oh, she, she wrote a lot of exclamation points. Up at the top? Yeah. I thought you typed those. No, that was Phoebe. No shot. Seriously? Wait. Yeah. I just control Z'd and it didn't do that. You must have made the exclamation points yourself and you just don't remember. I did not. I did not. Nope. My control Z is a uh, space at the top. Or an enter at the top. Line break. Oh. Phoebe is contributing. I just like half committed to contributing and half committed to contributing. I don't know if you caught that. You you sort of achieved this like. Contributing. Know, yeah. Japanese style like completely equal <laughs> emphasis on all syllables. In the Japanese style. Well like that's how Japanese is pronounced like you don't. There's no notion of, like, syllabic emphasis except for, like, long vowels, which are their own phoneme. Ah. Yeah. How do you not know this? I, I don't, I don't know. Well, not a good enough anime. I don't know if I can do this with someone who's not a good anime. Listen, I try my hardest at anime. Alright, that's good enough for me. I'll list off all the Japanese I know. Oh god, please don't. Let's let's talk about Jade Sprite. <laughs> let's let's talk, about, talk about Jade Sprite, who is not exactly an anime, but certainly, like, unlikely. She's an improbable character. <clears throat> yeah, so... Okay, alright. Sorry, I'm trying to get in the, uh... Man, this is a weird podcast. <laughs> what, Can you guys tell it's a hamstake after dark? It's Oh, it's a ham after dark. I'm imbibing. Life is good. Oh, you have your beer? Yeah. Maybe it's, I should get a drink. It's PBR, so it's like basically water, but I think the placebo Public broadcasting. Effect. Huh? Public bro- Oh, God. What? I just got sad about public broadcasting. Oh, yeah. Isn't Trump cutting um, public radio? He's... Yeah, all, all the... Every, everything good. All the all public the, everything? All the public goods. Uh, let's not, for now, let's let's try to not think about the world outside of Andrew Hussey's twisted mind for an hour. Mm-hmm. 
Sounds good. <laughs> Andrew Hussey's Twisted Mind. Is that, is that the episode title? Welcome to, An- Welcome to Andrew Hussey's Twisted Mind. I gotta make that work somehow. We'll workshop it. So Jade Sprite, if you guys didn't remember from the eternity ago that we did our last episode, um, is uh, an abomination and a thing which should not be, as far as she is concerned, because, so Jade Sprite is Jade's long-dead dream self, who had been taxidermied and left up in her attic, who she recently just self-prototyped by chucking into a sprite that was already prototyped with Becquerel. So she's now right. part radioactive first guardian dog. I mean, she essentially, she essentially, ugh, mm, mm, mm. Mm-hmm. she essentially like overwrote Beck. Yeah. Like that, that ram is gone. It Beck seems is, that way. I mean, there's certainly elements of Beck still left in Jade Sprite. She has, she has, dog ears and occasionally says woof in the way that Aradia sometimes ribbits. Yeah. Um, and her crying is like a howl. Like a wolf howl. Yeah. I mean, I guess Jade's is the same. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, this is so something that I've come across is uh, Jade with ears and a tail. And mm-hmm. I was never aware of how that came to be until now. It's true. So that's one mystery solved. Mystery solved. Yeah, I love back solving all of Alex's accidental Homestuck spoilers. Oh god. Oh god. What? A bad one happened today. Oh. Uh, have you heard um the the uh, oh god. Have you heard? I'm trying to remember. Oh my god, I'm blanking on the word. For juggalos, I was, I was trying to not say jabronis. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, the juggalos are marching on Washington. Yeah. Which is just a lot to take in, but someone, someone's commentary on that was, um, like. See Hitler's water apocalypse. Oh. And I'm just like, oh, all right. Well, that that flavors something. Mm, that's a good one. That's real cryptic. You definitely have no context for that yet. Well, I've also heard that Gamzee is awful, and mm. I mean, I can just infer. But I can infer, like, a structure, and but not the substance. We are less than halfway done with this comic. You know that, right? Yeah, but I feel like everything important happens in the first half. Uh... We, we shall see. I think that, that's a qualitative question that we could have a, a spirited debate that was, about. That was the intention. Okay. Um... We'll see if that hypothesis holds up. So Jade Sprite is wigging out because she can't stop seeing the green sun, which I think would probably be disturbing to anyone. Yeah. 
Um, so she was she dead says, for a super long time. She says, uh, it's overwhelming and awful. Uh, it's way too big and bright, and I can't stop seeing it. Uh, which sucks. Yeah. I would hate to have a sun glaring in my eyes that is twice the mass of the universe. Yeah, that's some sort of irrational cosmic scale for you. Like, it kind of makes sense why she's so traumatized. Ooh, did you hear that squeaking noise? Vaguely. Mm, you think it needs to be, like, no. made to stop? What is it? It's a cat toy. In that case, it's perfect. Okay. I'll just leave it then. Yeah. Um, by the way, um, uh, when I... Cat names Phoebe from Friends. Mm-hmm. Can I, can I request that that be an epithet for Phoebe? Oh, sure. She it's accumulates like, them. <laughs> like, Phoebe from Friends, Pazulo. Mm-hmm. She's yeah. Phoebe from Friends. She's Queen Peebs. Queen Peebs. That's, uh, that's the, really the only two. Peanut Butter Cat, also. Peanut Butter Jelly Cat. Is that a thing? Peanut Butter Jelly Time. It is. But it was a little while ago, and that's why there's peanut butter in my keyboard. Good grief. Um, we're on, like, the third page. Yeah? Like, that's just funny to me. Have um, fun editing! <laughs> this all stays in. It's short. <laughs> this is a short one. This is gold. <clears throat> mm. We're in a weird mood. Mm. Pyrite, feel... maybe. I don't feel... Self-conscious about being loud in my apartment. That's is that new for you? Uh, it's exclusive to the after darks. Oh, <laughs> great! The only time you feel okay about making noise in your apartment is at night. Yeah, <laughs> good. No, it's fine. Yeah. Um. So Jade, alive Jade, tries to snap Jade Sprite out of this. Mm-hmm. Uh, she gets frustrated at her dream self's ditziness, uh, which she had heard about secondhand before, but now is experiencing. Right, particularly in the form of just uh, inconsolable sobbing, stuff like she keeps insisting that John is dead, and she's like, you saw that John was alive, like... You saw it. You might have forgotten it, but he was alive. And I'm telling you right now, I've told you like three different times now, he's still alive and she's like, can't process it. Because remember, she's been, so there's some weird timeline stuff happening, but this, this Dream Jade has been dead. You know, Dream Jade died recently, but this Dream Jade, because Paradox Space, has been dead like some unspecified number of years um, and like had a whole life. Out in the dream bubbles. And so, this is sort of horrifying okay. for her. Okay, I was actually <clears throat> not clear on whether it was her dream jade in the dream bubbles who was brought back here. Mm. Or whether it was, like, a version of jade literally in the afterlife. Oh, yeah, so there is no afterlife. It's just, like, 
I mean, like, that is the afterlife. You die and, like, you literally go there. To the first string. The outer rim. Yeah. Oh my god. Those frisky feet. <laughs> they are frisky. When you're hearing the squeaking, they're not playing with the toy, they're just tripping over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Welcome to the cat's podcast. Cat. The cat's cat. 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 I'm a um, scat man. DVD, DVD, doop, da da da. Jade's yeah. getting annoyed with Jade's sprite, and she ends up, um, so she's trying to convince her to, um, Jade, Jade's sprite wants to die, basically. She wants to go back to where she was, and so Jade's like, alright, I have a chance for you to potentially get what you want, I guess. I know, I can't believe I'm, I'm telling you this, but, um, so, the reason that I brought you back is because you now have Beck's powers, and so does Jack. So none of us stand a chance against Jack, but you do. So, I mean, it's risky, but could you fight him to, like, save us all? And she's just like, how could you say that? Yeah, she says there's still something worth fighting for. And then Jade Sprite says, not for me, there isn't. Yeah. So, and it's really hard because, like, you completely, like, you empathize really hard with Jade Sprite. Like, I completely completely understand her reaction and like but it just it sucks because because jade's in the moment and jade is like listen we experienced the exact same trauma and i'm still managing to like you know keep my head up and do the right thing and i would like to think that you know i would in this situation and you're me and so you're letting me down and like we are letting ourselves down here this sucks why won't you do this and and jade is just boohooing jade's part is just boohooing and inconsolable and she starts like shaking her by the lapels and like slapping her in the face and it it's it's tough yeah you feel um, bad and for then, them both yeah you do uh and then jade is interrupted by Carcat, who uh remember she has seven computers on her person <laughs> so when she gets messaged uh she is surrounded by bubbles of angry troll face she gets knocked sideways by him yeah. Carcat, however, is in um, rare form. Um, he, <laughs> instead of, like, shouting, you know, insults at her, he's just like, tell me what's up. And then he tells, she well, tells he's him. Well, he still shouts that. He shouts yeah. it. I mean, he shouts everything, but he's like, hmm. 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 Yeah, so he's trying genuinely to, like, listen and uh, empathize. And his way of doing that is to just respond to everything with, hmm, uh, which she gets pretty annoyed at. Understandably. But she yeah. recognizes that he's doing his best after a while. She's like, hmm, I think this is sincere. Um, and she lets him, it's really, it's really interesting to watch this interaction play out, because what you kind of miss from sort of earlier in the comic and what we're charting to see now is, like, despite the fact that Karkat is, like, a raging little, like, ball of anger all the time, like, he's he's actually very, like, interpersonally, like, aware, or at least he has a really high capacity to be. Yeah. And so, um, <clears throat> like, when he's able to step back and, and look at things. And so they're having this conversation, and he's like, so 
this, uh, you know, he lets her, he encourages her to talk and he gets the whole situation out of her. And he's, you know, how does it make you feel? Tell me about her feelings, tell me about your feelings. And then he's like, hmm. So it just kind of, doesn't this sound familiar? Mm-hmm. Like, you're uh, beating up on your past self for... Being a complete moron. Yeah. <laughs> uh, isn't that something that you were, you know, calling me out on as ridiculous? Uh, and she tries to rationalize her way out of that, but realizes that, no, she's doing exactly what Carcat was doing. Yup. <laughs> and so Carcat's kind of, like, bizarre self-hatred becomes a bit more relatable to her and to us. Yeah, really. I really did feel, I mean, I even got this effect, I, this is, you know, my third time reading through this this bit and I it landed for me again. I was like, wow, you know what? It does kind of like you kind of understand him a little bit more when his kind of jackassery, his embarrassment about his sort of, you know, low grade, medium grade jackassery like makes sense when you put it in the perspective of like he's a teenager and and to him it feels like just as big of a deal as my reincarnated dead dream self is refusing to go up, you know, into this, um, into this epic battle that I sort of resurrected her for, and I can't get my own self in line here, and... Yeah. These kids are having a weird time. They are. It's also Uh, So, okay, Alex, did you notice the word fuck-ass? No. Okay. So that's, that's funny. I would have thought that if there was going to be, a, like, one of one of the biggest, like, you know, spoilers that you would have seen is the use of the word fuck ass as, like, an insult. In I mean, maybe I have, but it just didn't parse as, didn't scan as related. Because mm. it's just, like, a word. It is just a word. Well, so is Jigus. Yeah, I mean, there's no, like, there's nothing intrinsic in that that would, like, connect it with Homestuck. It's not like, like, Matriorb. I mean, what about Matriorb connects it with Homestuck? Just like, I just mean like the, uh, like... The portmanteau quality. Yeah. Mm. It's Hussey-esque. It is. Whereas fuck-ass is just, well, it's very car-cat. I mean, yeah, it is is Hussey-esque, but in a more subtle way. That you have to actually know the dialogue to get. Right. Whereas something like I'm trying to I don't know. You know. I do. Part my toes. You know? You know. Yeah. So um, yeah, so fuck ass for if you're a longtime fan, first sighting, I'm pretty sure. Um I think actually maybe Jade Mm, mm, no, I'm pretty sure this is our first fuck ass. I'm sort of partial to it, much as I am partial to butt ass, which is an old, 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 old insult from questionable content. Which boy? Uh, are you still are you still reading that? No, um, you're um, you're very bad connection. Oh, really? Shit! Like, you know when like. You know when the call, like, goes horribly? Yeah. 
You're fine now. Oh, okay. Sorry. My internet gets shitty around this time of night. Oh, yeah. That's mm, a drawback. Mm-hmm. Um, no, I don't read questionable content. You don't? Remember? Remember? I read, like, the first few hundred pages, and then I forgot where I was and didn't care to restart. Oh, man. Wait, who was I talking to that was saying, like, oh, it's been, like, three different comics by now? Not me. What? Who was I talking to? Oh, that's so weird then. Anyway, uh, it's gotten really weird. Egg egg one 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 five? Possible. Uh who else would have read it? Eh. It's not Walt? What? No. Walt? Ooh, maybe. Maybe. Parsible. Anyway, that's sort of neither here nor there. Um I think I think that's that whole Carcat and Jade conversation. Oh, so then they keep talking and Carcat gives her this like really heartfelt apology. He's like he finally, finally owns up to like you know, he's sort of apologized, like, wow, sorry past me was such an asshole to you and, and he does he does a couple more of those, but finally he's like, Listen, I'm sorry I did this stuff. Like Yeah, he he's very like he can't directly say I'm sorry, so he's like, I apologize on behalf of past me, who I recognize is me. I'm sorry for what he said, and he is me. Yeah. Do you get it? <laughs> Do you get it? I am that guy. And Jade's like, ugh, yeah, you're clearly doing your best. Yeah. And, um... And she actually says, you know, I'm sorry for calling you crazy for arguing with your past self. And he's like, I kind of thought, I think, kind of think you're right. I kind of think it sort of points to, I don't know, it is sort of a, a, not a terribly well-adjusted thing to do to be at odds with your past self like that. Um, Yeah. And, uh, not that I agree necessarily with the use of the word crazy, but, um. That's like, sort of no. loaded for a lot of people, but you know, yeah, it's definitely yeah, no. like not. It's it's rough. It's it's not a great way of, of dealing with the world, and and you. Uh, sorry, my cats are fighting over food right now, and it's distracting. Oh no! They shouldn't be doing it. Max is a shithead, and I don't know how Max. to make him less of a shithead. He's he's a cat. Like he doesn't know any better. He's a teenager. He's being such a dick. It used to be that, like, he would just bump Phoebe off of one bowl and she'd go eat out of another, but these days, like, he'll just keep chasing her off of her food. He's It's more about, like, Phoebe may not eat if I'm not, like, Phoebe can't eat and instead of, like, I want to eat. And, like, she has to, like, keep her head on a swivel while she's eating and, like, he, like, he's gone from, like, Man. just bumping his head in to, like, pouncing on her. That's so messed up. It's really bad. I really think I need to start putting him in the bathroom when they but eat. But he's gonna. But he'll scream, right? I mean, he'll cry, but like he can suck it up. Like I just I need mean, to if, make sure she gets enough to eat. Yeah. Like she's not. She's not starving, but she's just like anxious and not really eating quite enough, and that's not good for her. Yeah, she doesn't deserve that. Yeah. Oh man. But he's a cat, and he doesn't realize he's being a dickhead. So like, I feel bad. Like you can't get he's mad also, at like, him. He's also, like, abusing his mom. I know, right? Like, come on, Max. Yeah. This lady, like, fed you. Of her own teat. Yeah. She's got, she's got, like, 
messed up nipples because of it. Oh no! You can tell. I'm, you know, like, and they're all like. He used to try when I first had them. He used to try and nurse from her too, and she'd like this is off the record, obviously, but like he used to try and nurse from her, and like it'd be really cute. Like they'd be cuddling, and then he'd start like nosing at her stomach. And then she'd realize what he was trying to do, and she'd kick the shit out of him. Oh my god. <laughs> She's like, you are seven months old. There will be none of that shit. Oh my god. <laughs> I love them. Yeah. They're, they're... Cats are... Nobody warned me that... I think it's... I think it's the indoor thing. Like, indoor uh, cats are fucking crazy. Like, they're... Yeah. Nuts. In a way that, like, outdoor cats, like, they just get, they shake all their sillies out. Yeah. Anyway, Homestuck, holy shit, it's almost seven o'clock. <clears throat> we gotta do this. We gotta. We gotta. So. Um, so. <laughs> you go. Uh, so, Carcat is uh, losing track of where all his teammates are from his point of view in the end of his session with the countdown to something happening. Uh, And he says that there is more going on with the scratch than we know about so far. Right. But he doesn't actually know anything either. He's just going along. And Jade, in fact, in the future, is actually orchestrating kind of everything and even was the one that told him to contact herself in the past. Yeah. Uh... And she, well, that's because um, Future Jade instituted a no memos policy. Right. Which is good leadership, I think, because the memos are not very uh, good. Yeah, they never well don't break down into a shit show. And that's usually Carcat's fault, but no one else helps. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Jade in the future has told. Carcat to tell Jade here uh, to shut off the fourth wall. Uh, Get it? And and then and then she needs to draw it to like capture log it. Right. So in um, this case, and, it's not literally a fourth wall. It's it's a it's a fenestrated panel. And, right. It's the yeah. It's the viewport. Yeah. Uh, and it's right now. It's like flashing blue. Like it looks like. Like a rewinding VHS, like blue flashing thing, mm-hmm. uh, but that's actually the inside of um, Lord English's coat, which uh, Hussey has draped over the other side of the viewport. Not that Jade knows this, but um, right. But Jade listens yeah. to Carcat, and she uh, she shuts off the panel. And then we watch, we hard cut, I can't figure out if this is meant to say, like, this is where it points to. I don't think it is that this is where it points to, but we hard cut to a turned off display in WV's station. Yeah. Uh, And he, remember, is stuck inside there waiting for his uranium to digest. Uh, And he's torn off the wall panels inside to make himself a little fort. Right, because there's nothing much else for him to do, so he just, he feels cozy. But Serenity decides that something needs to be done, and she, uh, there's a tiny crack under the door, and so she flies out to go get some help. Yeah, Serenity being the little firefly who communicates in Morse code. Mm-hmm. And is WV's pal. Yeah. 
Um, so outside of the station, uh, WQ, Windswept Questant, is telling PM, Prospicion Monarch, now, that she needs to wait for her fourth and final subject uh, to arrive. Uh, and this subject is uh, currently in a Lotus time capsule uh, beneath the temple. Waiting, and yeah. Wa waiting for another uh, four hours, 13 minutes. Um, and the Frog Temple, we're told, shares the uh, visage of the speaker of the Vast Croak. Or Vast Croaks. I think it's just the one. Yeah, I think it might have been a typo in this panel, or I might have just, like, seen a K as an X. Yeah. It just looks a uh, lot more epic that way. Yeah. Um, and so this, we get a sneak peek of this subject, and it is uh, the Rit Keeper, uh, who is White King after... Uh, the monarchy has been deposed. Mm -hmm. uh, and he is adorably doofy. And he's reading an etiquette book. No, he's not reading an etiquette book. He's reading The Complacency of the Learned. Which is Jade... Oh, sorry, Rose's um, wizard fic. I totally thought that Complacency of the Learned was like an etiquette book title. Uh, that's really funny. No, it's... it's um. It's Rose's wizard fic from, like, right. way, way, way back in, like, Act 1 or Act 2. Act 1. Yeah. I don't know. No, it was John reading it off her laptop. Right. But maybe it was introduced before that. Anyway, um, PM is pretty overwhelmed by this uh, duty she's being told of. Uh, and she is supposed to bring Jack to justice and rebuild the kingdom. Yeah. Uh, but... The queen WQ. is like, it's very simple, really. Yeah. <laughs> you just um, have to take down have... Jack and rebuild Prospect. Right. But she's going to have help, uh, and one of her helps will be the Wastelandic Vindicator with his trusty ring. Mm -hmm. And we see WQ still holding his treasure that he does not understand. Uh, and she'll need an armaments regent. And we see AR uh, eager to help his new queen. And he sets up all the stations to explode, uh, which WQ says needs to happen right now. Mm-hmm. Including the one that WV's trapped in. Which, for some reason, nobody realizes? I don't know. Serenity's there trying to blink to them in Morse code that uh, something's wrong, but nobody's paying attention. Yeah. Um, and WV falls asleep. Right. Completely uh, unaware that any of this is happening. Outside, yeah. Um, and he dreams, uh, and sees himself on the battlefield, and it's unclear here whether, um, this is just, like, an actual dream, like a normal-ass real-world dream, mm -hmm. or if there's an actual WV dream self. I think that this is a regular on. dream. Okay. Yeah. I mean, it's still, like, a prophetic dream. Yes. But highly. it's not, like... It's not physically happening somewhere else. Right. I think that, um, what are they called? Carapace people don't have dream selves. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah. Um, but this entire sequence is, uh, subtitled with Morse code. 
Right, which uh, you have to Google, you know, Morse code translator and then plunk it in in order to yeah. read, which is just the most fucking homestuck shit. Yeah, it was grade A quality vintage bullshit. Yeah, it goes on for like ten pages. You have to translate a lot of shit. It's a lot. And the annoying thing was like, there's a lot of exclamation points and question marks. Right. Which if you put those into, oh my god. <laughs> Kids, you okay? What are you doing? They're trying to climb up on top of my air conditioner, which is, like, dicey at best. <laughs> Cause them uh, Anyway, the uh, formatting kept making me have to, like, scrawl through the stuff to make it legible to the translator. Mm-hmm. Annoying. Um, but, so, we see WQ, or WV, sorry, as a, uh, as the mayor of what is it Cantown? Townsville. No, it is Cantown. <laughs> Cantown. Um with a monocle and everything. Uh, <laughs> he asleep. wakes up and, and he's got his little monocle. That he's got to yeah. put in. Um but basically this is I I don't know, like should I read all the Morse code? Yes, cuz it's funny once you get what's happening. Right. So, uh, it starts out, What a daring dream, to combine the finest qualities of humanity with the elegance and nobility of the animal kingdom. How you wish you could know their world. To hear one night those muted paw pads traipse up your stairs. A low but friendly growl unsettles your slumber, and as the sopper seeps from your eyes, they detect a sharp pair of ears cutting moonlight. A mysterious woven tongue invites, Wouldn't these ears suit you? Would not this proud long snout assist you in the hunt? Uh, what's funny about that? Okay, so if if you remember, um, this is a lot funnier if you're reading this over the span of like a month instead of like two years. But um, this was the text that uh, Jade that just shows up in the narration, I guess, as uh, as they're talking about Jade's preoccupation with anthropomorphic animals. Okay. Not that she's a furry. They're very emphatic, but she's a furry. Just not, like, the sex kind, but, like, she's totally a furry. She's, like, obsessed with, like, wolf people and cat people. Well, good news. She is one. Yeah, right? Yeah. Um, so this, like, dreamlike, nightmarish version of Beck Noir, which is, like, a quadruped... Shadow Wolf uh, sneaks into, or like, what's a good verb? Slinks. Slinks into uh, WV's bedroom and stares him down and prototypes him. Somehow. And yet, so I think what's really happening here is that, like, it's sort of dream logic, right? So Jack comes and visits WV and WV wakes up. And then suddenly, like, he's prototyped, but really, like, he's Jack. And so what you're seeing is is you're seeing how Jack, like, laid waste to Skaya. And he's, like, killing all of these carapace people. He's killing all the people who rose up alongside WV. Um, right, yeah. So that's what's <clears throat> happening uh, is, like, yeah, WV, prototyped WV in the dream, uh, goes out to the field where there's, like, the, the combined uh, armies of black and white resistance who... 
tried to overthrow Jack, uh, and now it's WV in Jack's place, like, helplessly watching as he destroys them with Red Miles, which is, like, rivers of blood, which, remember, that's what happened to the battleground. Mm-hmm. Because Jack did that. Yeah, so so he has to watch all of that happen and, and feel like he's doing it, which is not the most fun for him. Um, but then, so in the dream, he does this, and then a weird bug flutters up. Yeah, and they didn't even say that he didn't even need it. What do you mean? Like, you eat a weird bug. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you eat a weird bug and don't even care. Um... And it's Riska as a little firefly. Yeah, she's got her little flappy wingies. Yeah. Cute. And definitely not sinister. No, uh, not at And all. so, in Morse code, she says, Hey you, just what do you think you're planning on doing with that ring? Whatever it is, forget it. The Slayer is mine. Now wait up. I said wait, eight, 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 eight. Meanwhile, we, we get a little pan over to Vriska, who is sleeping and presumably interacting in this dream somehow via yes. dream. She's very happy with how this is going. Then there's a flash. Right, so, what? so we just want to, like, to clarify, um, WQ yeah. is explaining that uh, WV's role is to use the ring to defeat Jack, uh, because... That'll give him all of the prototype powers. Right. Not that WV and, knows anything about this yet. Right. Uh, and then Vriska is interfering with that from another session, which isn't supposed to happen, and saying, uh, no, this, uh, he's mine. Like, you can't do that. You can't, you're not allowed to fulfill your role in the game. That boy is mine. That boy is mine. <laughs> Anyway, so, um, then there's a, there's a good flash. There's a flash, and it's Megalovania! Is it? Is that yeah. song famous, like, in its own right? It's the song, it's the song that Toby Fox, it's his, like, signature song. Oh. Like, that he used first for, like, uh, an Earthbound ROM hack he made. Oh. Which is, like, it was his first, like, project. It was, like, this alternate version of Earthbound where there's a different final boss or something and that's the song that he used and like, it means that like he basically programmed the song into an SNES cartridge wow yeah and that was the first version and then he used it here again and then he used it again as the uh, final bad run boss in Undertale Oh. But it's like an, but like, yeah, it's a cool, cool song. It is pretty cool. I liked it. It's a little repetitive, but it doesn't bother you. It's like a repetitive to great effect. You should listen to the Undertale version then, because it's like a better uh, mix. Yeah. And like, it doesn't sound like a MIDI file, like all the Homestuck music does. Yeah. Oh man, I want so much to like the Homestuck music, but it's like... It's like 16-bit or something. It's probably, or like, um, 
it's probably, I mean, it's just, I don't think it's even, like, particularly low bitrate. I mean, a lot of it is, like, chiptune and, like, not super high-res chiptune or whatever. Like, it really is 8-bit or whatever and not in a charming analog way. Um, <laughs> or, you know, charming early digital way, whatever. Um, yeah. But then, like, a lot of it like... is just, it's, like, low-quality synths and stuff. And, like, you can't yeah, fault anybody because they're all, like, you know, like, just artists starting out and stuff. But... Yeah, uh, or not. Sorry, no, I don't want to say. I don't want to imply that it's all artists starting out, but it's just a lot of people who choose to focus on composition rather than like trying to get really high end sound packs a lot of the time. And yeah, and it's it's more about like the the melodies than the like quality of music or like not qual- like, like the timbre and texture and stuff like in that. Timbre and texture. Yeah. You're the band kid here. Yes, you yeah. should be talking about this. It's all like it's yeah. really it's very very like. Homestuck music is, like, honestly some really high-end, like, composition and stuff. It's just the, a lot of the the sonic texture personally leaves me wanting, but... You said honestly, but there was an S at the beginning. You said sonestly, and that's cool. Whoa. Like, sonic, like, damn. Whoa. Damn. Um, Yeah, so to this uh, epic track for Cool's... Uh, I don't know where I was going with that sentence fragment. Um, you see Beck Noir, uh, cut Dream Feffery in half. Uh, just kind of out of the blue. Yeah. Uh, and then we see that he's on Prospit, and he stabs Dream Nepeta several times and leaves her dying on the floor. Or did I say Prospit? I meant Durst, because he explodes Durst. Yeah, but he takes so he takes the time to like stab a couple people first, and then just blows up the planet they're on anyway. Yeah, um, and this somehow either this activates uh, Dream Radia, or she is activated at the same time, right. and she's in this big red bubble somewhere, like in the outer rim. No, she's not. Ready, ready. Here's what's going on. She ready? is like what? Okay, she's on her quest bed inside of Durs. Uh, That's why she goes god tier as soon as she dies, because she just died on her quest bed. But, wait, is that... But her dream self died. Yeah. But doesn't the dream self... Isn't that the one that goes god tier when the other one dies? I mean, but she doesn't have an extra self. She's a robot right now. But or so. Oh, wait, when... so I think what's, maybe what's happening is that um, okay, maybe this is happening in the outer rim. Although I'm a little confused as to why her quest bed would be out there. But I think it could be because I, a radio bot blows up. And so yeah, her so dream that's, self. So, yeah. So, like, a radio bot blows up, which is, like, her... Hang on a second. Explode. I have to fact check this. Because this is, this is this is a very important detail, actually. No, no. what it is, is um, a radio bot exploding is her dying. Mm-hmm. Right, which, it's. I'm pretty sure the events are supposed to be simultaneous, but I don't know which one is causal. I'm looking it up right now. Feel free to edit this time out. Um, Fetch modus, role playing, hive bent, post hive bent. Because the thing is, um, her explosion happens after Durst explodes. Because it's after Carcat wakes up. Wait, 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 wait. I'm reading. I'm reading. Hmm. Bot explosion. I'm sorry. Okay. 
Okay, so it is. I'm I'm right. So it's Jack destroying Durst, mm-hmm. where her dream self is on her quest bed, which draws her soul out of her soul bot and brings her back to life. God tier. Brings her flesh body. Yeah, back her to life? dream self like gets resuscitated. So her dream self dies and then comes back. Is, yeah, comes back. Yep. Yeah, because okay. if you remember, even when people go god tier, like when Vriska goes god tier, her dream self dies first. Like you can see her dream self bleeding out as she's oh, trying to right. manipulate Tavros. You're right. Yeah. Boy, I'm glad so, we sorted that one out. So wait, does she go god tier in the outer rim? Nope, she's right. So Jack is there with her. They're just sort of, they're floating in space now because they're near the Outer Rim. Because Durst is way out there anyway. And then Jack is right, there because like, he just blew it up. Because what confused me was, like, there's the uh, silhouettes of Elder Gods behind her. Right, right, right. And that's the whole thing, is that Durst is, is, is sort of bordering on, like, you can see the Elder Gods from there. I love that I, like, got you into saying Outer Rim and Elder Gods. Because at least one of those is not correct. Oh, uh, it's the furthest ring and the, uh, it is the furthest ring and the, Yeah. I think the official word in universe is horror terrors. Uh, but they also are called the god, the old gods. The, yeah. Something. I think they're just the gods. No, I don't think so. Well, so who are the new gods? Well, it doesn't matter because the old ones are objectively old. That's true. It's just a. It's just a. It's just a objective chronology. They've been there this whole time. Not that time means Fair. anything. Old as balls. True. Well, they also. Well, they live outside of. Um, Conventional the universes. Time. Yeah. Yeah. They're so, paradox space. Right. So they aren't affected by the time not meaning anything. Right. So they could just equally be the baby gods. That's true. They might experience time linearly, but they're surrounded by things that aren't linear. Anyway. <laughs> uh, so, oh, but before uh, her robot body explodes, oh no, never mind. Because we saw that already. We saw her hug uh, Solux yep. already. Yeah. That was last week. Um, so yeah, she explodes uh, and then is reborn and she's like smiling and like alive and her horns are glowing because she's magic Mm -hmm. uh and she has some kind of gear power like it it seems like a time like a clock gears yeah it's time because what she does is she freezes uh jack Mm -hmm. back noir in time as, as he's about to destroy her kill her yeah it's very cool, you guys. We're not doing it justice. It's like, because Aradia, we know her as, like, you have all this background on her, you know. She seems like she would have been such a cool girl, but we've right. only known her since she's been dead. Like, she was a ghost for a while. Um, right, and, like, the one moment we saw of her alive in a flashback was right before she died. And, like, the most striking image from that was her huge smile when she saw Solith coming. Yeah. And now we see her huge smile again when she is, like, alive again. She really does. Man, like, the art in this comic is sometimes, like, just so good. Like, she really is. She's, like, beaming. And she fe- she looks, like, 
she feels like so like powerful and like not in a like vindictive way either it's just like yeah like she's just so like happy to be alive and like out here and like and like she's sort of like definitely learned a lot and seen a lot through the process of like being dead and a thousand robots all at once and like all of these experiences that she's had um dead and a thousand robots all at once yeah and then dying as 999 robots like it's a hell of a lot to have gone through and she just looks like oh man i love aradia she's so good i can't wait to learn more about ariana grande Oh my god. What? Have you seen um Ariana Grande is like a playable character in a Final Fantasy game? What? This like this like iPad game that's like Final Fantasy like heroes or whatever, like not a an actual game, but just like oh this is Final Fantasy branded. Okay. Like Exeus but but it's just, like, her in her, like, bunny suit, which I guess is, like, her tour outfit. It's, like, a black leather bunny suit. Okay. Um, but it's, like, like, the summons are, like, Behemoth, like, Cthulhu, Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande is the new face of Final Fantasy, Brave Exvius. That's it. I'm looking at the photos. It's ridiculous. It's just a little pixel art of her in her little bunny dress yeah. and a bunny hat. It's a hood. Bunny it's hood. Very, it's a very BDSM. Yeah, it really is. And she's a little game. Game. She She looks like a Gaia game. online avatar. Oh, man. What? I never... I never guided online. You missed that? Yeah. Oh, man. I was a RuneScape kid. Oh. There are two kinds of people. <laughs> now I'm just looking at pictures of Ariana Grande. This is a problem. Um, okay, so I think that's everything that happens in that. Um, I think it, the the... Um, oh, so then, so Radia freezes, this is important, so Radia freezes Jack, and then we see God Tier Vriska facing off with Tavros. Mm-hmm. It's not quite clear who provoked who first, but it's certainly going down now. Well, it's, um, Tavros is like, I think you're bad, and I'm gonna have to stop you. Mm-hmm. And Vriska's like, okay, come get me. Like, I'll, I'll give you a fair shot. Right. Uh... And then we see her not do that, because uh, she, as he's charging her, she just grabs his lance from his hand and uh, guts him with it, and sends him tumbling off a falling plat- a broken platform. Yep. And that's the end of the flash. And then the next page is uh, her falling towards a very morose Terezi, who's just kind of contemplating, stewing. Right over every well, I'm over what she saw. She just saw Dave dead, and right, uh, yeah, and now her her other friend's dead body falls down from above next to her by surprise. Yes. Um. There's a moment in the flash where Tabros holds something up, 
and does the like throat cutting motion. Yeah, he comes at her with like a like a grin. Yeah. And uh and what does she do? Like yeah, she he's holds like, up he's got something and he like holds it up. Like, oh, I have this on you. And he, like, does the, like, throat slit motion, like, challenging her. And she's, like, gives him this, like, shit-eating grin and holds up his severed legs. Right. And, like, does, like, a thumbs down. Um, right. And then just immediately just, like, runs him through with his own lance. Which, like, she she had those handy. Like, she was just carting them around. God. Right? Oh, man. Did she, like, capture lock them? Is there, like, a code for Tavros's legs? Apparently. It's amazing what you can record in hexadecimal in the uh, Homestuck universe. A code for everything, and everything for a code. Mm. Um, so he's dead. Uh, D-E-D. Dead. Mm-hmm. But we don't uh, get to see we... Rose's, uh, sorry, Kanaya's, sorry, Terezi's reaction, because we're busy watching Kanaya watch Rose. But not understand anything about it. Did you tell me add a girl? No, I said be the other girl. Oh. So, hold on, what's going on here? Uh, Right, so, Kanaya is watching this moment. uh, Oh no, sorry. Wait. Yep, Kanaya is checking in on Rose, and she sees this moment that she just can't can't explain. Like, Rose is holding a black orb and a white orb. Uh, like her magic eight ball and her magic cue ball, and um, she's got like all of these different consorts around her, and like some weird stuff yeah. going down. And she just like inexplicably, inexplicably fades to black, and Kanaya can't access her further in the timeline at all. Yeah. Everybody else is still viewable, but Rose has just disappeared. Yeah, so she, so something happens in this moment, but it seems completely innocuous. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Kanaya decides to go to Jade for some answers about Rose. Um, but Jade is not answering right away. She's being cagey. Specifically, she just goes, Kanaya just says something to the effect of, like, I need to talk to you about something. And Jade goes, Password? Right. Uh, so she says uh, she's giving out passwords, because this is future Jade, apparently. Mm-hmm. And she's given she's got her shit together, time-wise, and is giving out passwords to Karkat and Kanaya, at least, uh, to make sure that the conversations are linear. <laughs> she's smart. Jade is smart. She's a sharp cookie. Yeah, she was late to the game here, but now that she's like really properly in it, She's, like, on top of it. Man. Um, yeah, so, meanwhile, in the past, um, Jade is rocketing to the top of her home, which has grown very tall. Yes. Rocket booting. And Kanaya goes to talk to her at this point. Uh, and, uh, decides to give her advice as a fellow sylph. Uh, Jade is the sylph of space, and Kanaya is the sylph of eggs. Hang on a second. Hang on a second. I'm going to check. I need to double check you on that. What page is that? 5205. Hang on a second, because this is also important. 
and his self is uh, a wizard, but magical. Or a witch, but magic. A witch, but more magical, yeah. Yeah. A magic witch? Hmm. Witch of spacey stuff you were telling me about. So, Kanaya is telling her how to be a witch of space. Um, and... That's sylph of space. She's telling her how to be a witch of space, because Jade is the witch of space. Kanaya was the sylph of space. Okay. Yeah. Oh, right. So that's, yeah. So they're not, like, exactly the same role, but, uh, Kanaya can still help her a bit. Mm-hmm. They still have the same job. Right, and they're both uh, the Forge Stokers. Right. And they're both in charge of breeding duties, uh, which Jade kind of, like, is like, hold on, wait a second, what's that last one? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, so um, can I explains, um, so first she explains kind of what her deal is, which is, um, I, uh, well, she explains like how to set up the cloning equipment and stuff and which Dave is, is helping her with. And, uh, then can I is talking about, uh, her own deal and she is the guardian of the matriorb, which is basically an egg for a mother grub. Yeah. It's like a, yeah, it's the one with all the different troll horns coming out of it, because it's a gross incest slurry. Um, and Jay, and so when Kanaya explains this breeding life cycle to Jade, Jade's like, okay, that's kind of like insects. And Kanaya's like, sure, yeah, like humans are kind of like muscle beasts. <laughs> Which is fair play. Xenobiology. Um, yeah. Oh, so Kanaya explains how she found... So she had it locked up in a capture card, and it required a key. Um, and she found the key for it. Um, remember, that's her chastity modus, and the key pre- the key to her objects, like, presents itself when it's needed. And so she found the key while puttering around on the meteor. And so she's, she's decided, because she can no longer... Like, she's been cut off from the universe that they created. Um, instead, she's just going to hatch the mother grub on the meteor. She, yeah. She's not sure she can do it, um, but she has to try. And Jade is like, "No, I'm sure you can do it. It's you. It's your family legacy because she was raised by a mother grub." Right, and yeah, it's really sweet. Um, like, can I is doubting herself? Like, I don't know if I can, I can actually do this. Like, raise a mother grub? That's ridiculous. Uh, and Jade's like, "Wasn't your Lucis a mother grub?" Uh, and can I is like, "Yeah, she raised me from birth," and. Jade's like, well, you just can do the inverse. It's your family legacy. And Kanaya's like, actually, really, like, oh, thanks. In her completely deadpan way. Her completely deadpan, yet totally, like, open way. Yeah, Kanaya is really interesting to read. Because she's, like, she has a handle on the human sarcasm. The human emotion called sarcasm. Mm -hmm. Um... But that's largely because her typing quirk is to be completely deadpan. Like, capitalized. Every word is capitalized mm-hmm. with no punctuation. And it just comes off as, like, very deadpan. Right, but not in a not in a jaded way. Jaded? Because she's jade green. But she's not, she does not seem in the least bit jaded. She feels very, like... Maternal. She's like not pretentious. She's the least pretentious character in Homestuck, probably. 
Where, like, she's just as unpretentious as John or Jade. Sure. You know? I was gonna say. Um, where there's just, like, zero affectation. Um, she's but like lots of affection. Huh? But lots of affection. Yeah. Um, so they're having this really sweet, like, friendly conversation and, like, realizing they have a lot in common and stuff. Like, how they both woke up on CrossFit. Um, when they were really young, so they both have this, like, lifelong experience of seeing things in their dreams. Sorry, this is coming from a little later, but it doesn't really matter when it comes up, so I just want to mention it now. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and Car- uh, Kanaya actually says, like, um, that the reason that she woke up on Prospect when she was so young was that because Doc Scratch approached her when she was, like, a young child awake in the equivalent of the middle of the night for trolls, which is the middle of the day. Because mm-hmm. she's, you know, spooky goth girl or whatever. Uh, and, like, you know, told her about it, somehow got her to wake up. <clears throat> oh, man, I just realized that um, Vriska's, uh, like, god-tier symbol, the sun, is super goth. Yeah, right? <laughs> Um, but yeah, so, um, as they're having this sort of charming conversation, Dave is deploying all of the cloning stuff, um, way up on the top of the tower, because he needs to be above the planet's, like, cold atmosphere, I don't know, whatever. Right, yeah, so it's, like, um, the cloning stuff has to, like, it has to be in a temperature range to work, Mm -hmm. and since it's the, uh, snow planet, they have to go above the atmosphere uh and it turns out that the medium the interstellar or interplanetary void is actually kind of nice and warm and also apparently full of air whatever don't worry about it don't worry about it (laughs) um but so he puts out the cloning apparatus and jade is like it's small why is it so small yeah it's actually a really funny visual gag because like um when he's dragging it out of the menu it's just like zoomed in mm-hmm. and it looks like, and you have seen it before. It looked like it's big machinery. Yeah. Uh, and then the next panel is just like Jade standing beside it and it's like waist high. <laughs> um, and Jade's like, how is a baby going to fit on that? And can I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, and she's like, you're breeding. And <laughs> Jade's like, what am I breeding? Frogs. Sorry, I thought that was obvious. <laughs> or, so, sorry, I thought that was obvious. In case you couldn't tell at home, that was Alex reading Kanaya's pronunciation on every word. Just just so you know. Right, every word is emphasized. Dave is supposedly... Hussey makes a little bit of a joke about the fact that he's not bothering to write any of Dave's dialogue for this section, and he just <laughs> has Jade laugh at something and then say, oh... Uh, I'm just laughing at Dave being really funny about all this stuff. And she just sends a text file of it to Kanaya, who's like, you know, you're right. That is pretty funny. Yeah, which we see none of. Yeah. Like, we're just, like... And Kanaya's like, I am laughing pretty hard. Use your imagination. Uh, yeah, and it's just like, yeah. It's funny. Mm-hmm. Um, so Jade has to uh, appear by some frogs. And... These frogs are all trapped in ice on the planet, mm-hmm. uh, but she's also but she's supposed to stoke the forge first, um, because that changes the planet. Um, 
it's going to pro- melt the ice here, obviously, and on Kanaya's planet, it changed the planet as well. I think it was, her planet was a water planet, mm-hmm. and it evaporated the water, or we assume that it evaporated the water. Right. Um, but yeah, so she appears a frog and does so successfully, and the frog, uh, is, the frogsicle is there, but she's supposed to get the slime imprint, not the frog, so she needs to find one that she will be sure to later interfere with in order to uh, paradoxify it here and not be able to bring it. Don't worry about it. Right. She has to go, she has to pinpoint it somewhere that she will later make sure that it isn't. So it's sort of like, it doesn't really change anything as soon as she has the intent of going and getting it later, as long as we just assume that she's going to follow through on it. Um, and Kanaya points out that, like, you know, this is going to be really difficult and it takes a really long time. I really don't think you have time to do it. Um, you'd have to use all of these, like, stable time loops, like, stacked on top of each other. And that seems really reckless and dangerous. I wouldn't recommend it to anyone. So, of course, that's exactly what Jade is planning on doing with Dave's help. Yeah, she's like, I'll just try it out a bit. You know, like, if it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's fine. <laughs> Jade. Um... Remember, that's yeah. how Dead Dave's pile up. That's how Jed, J, Jile, uh, um, what? The Genesis uh, so frog. She, so she gets a tadpole from this ghost slime. Uh, and Kanaya explains that she is trying to uh, precisely mutate a baby frog to create the perfect frog, who will be the Genesis frog. The Genesis frog. Um, and can I explains that the Genesis frog is a unique frog in each session, uh, and it is the being that is worshipped by Prospit and the consorts, and reviled by Durs, uh, which explains the uh, illegal frog imagery. Mm-hmm. And how, um, uh, it also explains why the Black Queen gave up her ring, because she was so horrified that a frog had been prototyped. Right. Um, Way back when. But yeah, th- so, th- so this frog, uh, is the... So, this is kind of... confusing. Okay. Um, so, well, first of all, so the frogs, uh are given, like, demeaning names by the Dursians. Yeah. Uh, like, the, um, the speaker of the great joke instead of the great croak. Mm-hmm. Ha ha ha. Um, which I've definitely heard that before. Speaker of the great joke. The vast I think that joke. might be, like, the vast joke, sorry. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's been, yeah, they've been sort of alluding to this, um, it, in various... You know what, it, it, sound, it sounds like infinite jest. Is what it is. Yeah, that too. Um, yeah, but one of the names that the trolls kind of like latched onto and just decided to name their frog was Billius Slick. Not good. Um, so good. Sorry, it's a good name. Yeah. I mean, it, it's like slate spades, slick, right? Uh, spades. Maybe I don't know. I, I kind of think it's just goofy. Maybe it's meant to evoke spades, like. I mean, it seems like they must be, like, 
there must be a reason that they have the same last name. I got it. Okay. I, I don't, I can't talk about it. All right. I can't talk about it either way. It's not, I can tell you it's actually not, a, not really important that their names are similar. Which seems really okay. weird, right? Because it's Homestuck. Yeah. I think. So, Jade's like, so what? Do you like, you let this frog loose in the new, the new universe you create, and he like, fills it with life and planets, and, uh, Kanaya's like, no, he is the new universe. Yep. Like, the, the universe is the fabric of a frog. Mm-hmm. Uh, which, sure. Don't worry about it. Um, but what's confusing to me is she says, he's not the universe the humans are from, he's the one they're trying to create. Mm-hmm. But, that seems to mean to me that the humans are trying to create the one that Kanaya already created. What do you mean? But it's supposed to- like Billius Slick, yeah, is the frog is the one that Kanaya created. Uh, well, yeah, that's what they decided to name it, and so it's a unique frog each time. So their unique frog turned it out to be the humans' universe. The humans are creating a new frog that's going to be some other universe. Right, but he, but the, um, okay, maybe it was just the wording that confused me because it seemed. To me, that she was still talking about Billy Slick. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think I think the reason that she's doing that is that Jade says like, "Oh, we'll probably name him that too." Okay. Yeah. You're right. It is confusing if you don't know to like expect that. That's I like already know this, so like I didn't even really try to parse it. But yeah, yeah, it is sort of mind boggling the first time you read it. Like, wait, frog? I mean, I'm yeah. I mean... Not in a jaw-dropping way, just in a, like, wait, what? Yeah. It just kind of, like... It's not like it is... Yeah, it's not mind-blowing. It's just, like, hold on, I gotta, like, get my logistics of this right. Yeah. You do a little bit of a Um, double-take. Yeah. Or, like, a quarter-take. Like, just kind of tilt your head a bit. Um, (laughs) And that's the reading. That's it. Good grief. So, yep. So Jade is about to create a new universe via frogs. Yes. And presumably light up a volcano. Hopefully WV is about to get rescued out of his station. Also, the White King is going to emerge from a time capsule in the ruins there. Um, PM is still the new queen. What else? Um... Jade Sprite has mysteriously disappeared. Jade has capsulogged, or has, sorry, she has drawn a picture of the fourth wall. Carcat made up with Jade. Um, and Rose is about to go dark. And Kanaya is very worried about it. I think that covers just about all of it. Oh, and Aradia just went god tier and froze Jack yeah. in time. And Vriska killed Tavros. Again. Again. Oh no! I guess for the for first the first time. time, yeah. She succeeded. Yeah, Tavros sort of indirectly killed her last time. Right. Man, those kids and their silly rivalry. Hmm. Those teens and their murders. 
there. Hey, do we have listener questions this week? We have one. Hooray, thank you. From Heavenly Evan on Tumblr. Hi, thanks. And it's it's fun. It's uh, got any Hogwarts house headcanons for the main kids. Oh, God. <laughs> All right, so I feel like the humans, the four humans have to, like, canonically correspond to the four houses. Yeah? Like, I feel like that's just, like, the way it shakes out. Mm-hmm. With their, like, four quadrants of personality. Yeah. Um, where, uh, John is obviously Gryffindor. Yeah. Um, Rose is either Ravenclaw or Slytherin. I think Rose is, Rose has to be Ravenclaw, because Dave is Slytherin. She's, yeah, like, Rose is more, like, Slytherin themed. Yeah. But she like that the horse the sorting hat the hoarding sat uh really had to like deliberate on her. Yeah. But in personality, but, at the end of the day, she's a Ravenclaw because she's all about knowledge. Yeah. And Dave like only fits in Slytherin. Yeah, pretty much. The th- the thing is that like he he isn't like as outwardly ambitious as Rose. Right. Rose has this, like, huge, dark ambition. Yeah. But, and then Jade is Hufflepuff. Of course. But I want to talk about the trolls. Oh, gosh, okay. Um, we can just sort, like, the genocide ones into Slytherin <gasps> off the bat. Okay, um, is there really only the one genocide one? Oh, no, there's two. Uh, I guess uh, Riska is sort of a genocide troll. Yeah, and, like... Equius is, like, genocide adjacent. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No, he totally Remember is. him? Yeah, so they all go in Slytherin. So there's, we're gonna have to put three of them per house. Yeah, I don't know if they all, like... I mean, I feel like in, the, like, the, the color wheel mm-hmm. of personalities as dictated by the stars as personalities are in real life, um, there's gotta be, like, quadrants that correspond to the... the IMDB typings. Oh, yeah. Of... You know, EMSP and IMDB. Um, anyway, y'all following so far? So, uh, so the blue bloods are Slytherin. So Equius, Briska, Aridin, um, Griffin. Oh yeah, I told huh? that completely. That is completely it. Yeah. yeah, those three are already grouped together. Yeah. Um, Gryffindors would be. Red Bloods? Yeah, I think so. So Carcat, Feffery, Aradia, Aradia, and Aradia. Sure. Um, yeah, totally. I, I think that um, probably Solix is Ravenclaw. Solix is Ravenclaw. Where's... He's yellow, right? Yeah, he's yellow. Where is Nepeta go? Nepeta, she's got to be Hufflepuff. Yeah, I kind of feel like Aradia is actually Hufflepuff. No, I kind of feel like Aradia is Ravenclaw. Aradia and Claw. Maybe, I don't know. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Who are we I left mean, with? I don't know enough about her. Tavros, I guess, uh, is Hufflepuff. Tavros is Hufflepuff. Um, Gamzee. I feel like I can't say anything about Gamzee anymore, because I just don't know. Like, what the fuck his deal is? Yeah, like, I thought I had him sussed out. Yeah. But you can't suss out Gamzee, he's... Too wacky. We could do him by process of elimination. 
Yeah, but you have to remember the ones we've already I'm said. I'm typing it right now. We know that Slytherin is going to be Nerdin and Vriska, and you can edit out the part where I'm actually typing it. Um, Equius. And Equius. And then we've decided that Gryffindor is going to be who? Um, Tarkat. Yeah. Feffery? Mm-hmm. Is Feffery... I don't, yeah, I guess so. What? I mean, I again, I don't know enough about Feffery, I guess. Okay. Well, let's say Carcat and Aradia for now. So then Ravenclaw is going to be... Solix, Solix for, sure. for sure. And then uh, Hufflepuff is going to be Tavros and yeah. Nepeta for sure. Yeah. So then we've still left. got... Oh, Kanaya, who I think is... Kanaya would be Ravenclaw. I think so, yeah. Anyone else? There's gotta be two, Gamzee. four, six, seven, eight, nine. There's three left. Okay, Gamzee. We've got. Let's put them aside. And who are we forgetting? One, um, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Oh, Terezi. Oh yeah. Who is definitely firmly Ravenclaw? Yeah. One hundred percent. And then one more. So that's. Alright, so we've got two more left. How are we gonna put them? Who's I think these two are so are just impossible to categorize. Wait, who do we have left? These two. Gamzee and Feffery. Oh, I'm not looking at the oh, docs, sorry. Okay, so we said Slytherin was Aaron and Vriska and Equius, Gryffindor's Carcat and Aradia. Um Ra- I feel like we have to put them in the two that have two, because that fills it out. Sure. Alright, in that case, I do think that, um, I think Feffery is a Hufflepuff, and I think Gamzee is a Gryffindor. Uh, what do you think? I mean, Gamzee is just a wild card. Well, sure, but I feel like they put some real wild cards in Gryffindor. <laughs> you know what, you're right. <laughs> you know? There you go, yeah, that's perfect. You could be case in point in for why, like, Gryffindor is such, like, a wild house, like... It's not always just, like, I'm pure of heart and super brave. It's also, like, I'm completely reckless or yeah. I'm just batshit crazy. Like, <laughs> You're right. I want to run around honking horns all the time. You're so right. Thanks. God. What? I just had an image of, like, um, what's his name? Uh, Dan Radcliffe? Fred, no, Fred and George's friend. Um, Lee. Yeah. Uh, what's his name? Fred and George's Lee... friend. The guy with dreadlocks. Lee Jordan. Lee Jordan, that's it. Him, I just had this image of him with a Vuvuzela. <laughs> Completely canonical. Yeah. Absolutely, 100%. For sure. Just, like, bringing it to, like, the dining hall. <laughs> Completely? Just, like, when the... When the owls come in in the morning, he just, like, announces it. More, like, runs around, like, terrifying them. So nobody oh at his table can get their mail. Do you know what's really great? What? Like, remembering fun moments from early Harry Potter books. Okay. They just, like, just like the image of Lee Jordan running around the Great Hall. Like... Just thinking about that makes me just feel so warm-hearted. Aww. 
like it's like I don't know, like rereading like the like the first few books and just like short passages of like daily life at Hogwarts. They're all like, so charming, funny thi- right? Funny little things happening. Yeah. Like it's just like it's a special kind of feeling. Yeah, those books were very richly textured, I gotta say. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like it's just that one uh song. Like the one score from the first movie, like da 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 That's really funny because I had a completely different um part of the score in my head, but the same feeling carries. I'm not gonna say the um on the air. This like the kind of like the swelling strings. Oh. Oh man, there's so many good parts of the score, I guess. That is a really good score. Who did it? John Williams. Oh, that explains it. Man. Thanks for listening to the Hamstick Podcast. <laughs> uh, we'll be back hopefully next week um, with some more Homestuck content. Um, we're ramping up to Cascade. Like, for real, for real. Like, stuff's happening. So. For, for, for real. Feffer real, like get excited, stay excited. Um, you will emote how I tell you to emote. That's not true. Um, you're free to have whatever sorts of emotions you want to have. Um, what are you saying? I'm talking to myself to fill time because I need to. Um, I'm trying to grab our reading schedule so I can say. Oh, some well, let me just things. say while Lydia grabs that. Uh, if you want to send us a question, you can do so uh, at Uh If you want to contact us on Twitter, uh, send an ask to hamsteakpodcast.tumblr.com, because I won't remember to check the Twitter. Yep. <laughs> uh, you can follow us there, though. We are at hamsteakpodcast. Yeah. Uh, if you want to... Uh, ask a spoiler potential question, uh, do so to Lydia directly, please. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I'm the one who receives the questions through the Tumblr account. Uh, so I will not want to read those. <laughs> uh, and you can do so by contacting her on Twitter, uh, at Brickchip. It's true. And I am on Twitter as well, at CrunchLeaf. <laughs> and I am on Tumblr, at LeafCrunch. Find us. All right, you ready, you, you ready to hear about next week? Yeah. So much violence. I can't wow. even tell you how much violence, but there's so much violence. Great. And lots of intrigue. And a little bit of confusing logic vis-a-vis how death and dream selves work. Sure. Um, and one on-screen kiss. Okay. That feels very typical. Yeah, not non-climactic. Non-climactic. Okay, but I promise it's it is. It totally is. It's a big deal. Uh, so I, I can't like tell you anything specific because it's all intrigue. It's gonna feel very murder mystery. Um, get ready. Oh man, get excited. I'm loving this purring, by the way. Oh yeah, that's that's 
Phoebe. She's trying to eat my headphones. Oh. She loves to chew on things that taste like earwax and hand sweat. Great. Yeah. Cats are disgusting. <laughs> Thanks for listening, you guys. Thanks. Stay ham, me. John Ham. Bye.